Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Team of our lives, a nostalgic football podcast that celebrates the beautiful game in the 2000s. And we've got one hell of an episode for you this week. It's all about La Liga in the noughties. Joining me, as ever, is documentary filmmaker and Portsmouth fan, Mr. Harry Hansford. How are you doing, sir? Not bad. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, man. Pretty good, too. La Liga, what does it mean to you? You said a couple of episodes ago you were a keen advocate of watching it in the noughties. What's yeah. La Liga to you? What's it mean to you? Uh, at the time, La Liga for me was all about sort of uh, seeing the big names, seeing big stars. I just felt like at the time there was plen- plentiful of like big stars in La Liga, maybe more so than the Premier League even. Um, it was all, And it's all about just beautiful football as well, most of the time. Don't get me wrong, there were teams and even sometimes the bigger teams would play not attractive football, but you know, Spain in general during the noughties was just all about that tick attacker sort of style, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. They had all the best players, they had the highest transfer fees, you know, arguably the best managers 
always done well in Europe. That's what I'm sure we'll get on to uh, throughout the show. So if you're listening for the first time, welcome. This is the uh, Team of Our Lives podcast, all about stuff in the noise to do with football, really. And uh, in conjunction for the first time, we should probably mention, uh, with Sports Social. So if you've come from that direction, you're very welcome. Uh, stick along. We've got some great features coming up. Not only will we be talking about La Liga in the noughties, but we have our regular features returning as well, such as... Deal or no deal, where me and Harry play a transfer game against each other. The Robbie Savage Hall of Fame, which is the people's favourite, where we arguably choose a player who you think, we just think they're a trash, really. They should not have played in the Premier League or any top flight football whatsoever. Uh, we have the Martin Keown, oh no, through the Keown hole. Um, absolutely murdered that pronunciation, but there we are. Through the Keown hole, uh, where we do the opposite of the Robbie Savage Hall of Fame, in effect. And we think, how did that great player end up at that mediocre club? And we end it, as always, with a game of starting 11 from a prominent game in the noughties. But, Harry, before we move on, and listeners of last week, I have to confess something. So, you know how I kind of uh, unveiled to the world last week that I turn off the FIFA commentary (laughs) when playing the video games. And I do my own, ladies and gentlemen, I do my own FIFA commentary. And uh, last week, I kind of was speaking about uh, a player I signed called Ahmed Katuchu, and I managed to work in his name to the Beatles song, I'm the Walrus. <laughs> I'm the Eggman. We are the Eggman. I'm the Walrus. Ahmed Katuchu. I've done it again! But not with Ahmed Katuchu. So Ahmed Katuchu left. I'm doing a FIFA career mode. Plymouth Argyle. I'm floating around the Premier League. I'm kind of going between them and the Championship. I'm in the Premier League at the moment, but we're very much in relegation battle. So I signed a young man, a young Dutchman, as a striker to replace Katuchu, called Donny Malin. Okay. He might be might, he might be familiar to FIFA players. He's one of these young up-and-coming up stars uh, that many people sign. And uh, Donny Malin has just hit hit the ground running. I had to sign him on the last day of the transfer window. He cost me he cost me pretty much my whole budget just to sign him. But <laughs> Katuchu's release call, uh, clause was paid, and I had to buy this dude. And um, I came up with a song for him, not necessarily commentary. Would you like to hear the song? And you can cry, you can guess the original song at the end. Actually, you'll know. Are you, uh, are you familiar with the jams, Town Called Malice? Okay. This is called A Town Called Malin. Ready? <laughs> Harry's cringing already. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Better stop thinking of the championship because it's a life we'll never know. And keep smashing them in the Premier League because you're the only one who can. And stop apologising for the transfer fee because you've paid us back with goals on tap. It's up to us to change in a town called Mallon. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I feel like we've got a new segment that's just uh, Jenks' jingles. <laughs> Very much so. And uh, Ari, if you wouldn't mind, you can join in me singing that at the end of the show, maybe. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Oh, the other thing I've noticed as well, I don't know if, if you, like me, listen to you talk sport when you're having your morning shower. Do you? Do you right. uh, not while I'm having my morning shower. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, I just want to say some of the journalism on these mainstream, this is why I like doing podcasts where you can talk about something as niche as naughty football, because some of the mainstream stuff on TalkSport is absolute, well, it's, it's not great. And when I was listening at, uh, to, to TalkSport this morning in the shower, they were discussing the Paralympics and they were saying about this guy who plays um, wheelchair basketball 
for Great Britain. He's got, he's got this amazing story. He's really talented. He used to be in the army. Um, he, I don't know, ruptured something in his back. Um, I think he damaged his spinal cord, ended up in a wheelchair. And this is a great story about his recovery to playing wheelchair basketball. And then the, so the journalist who was telling the story goes, yep, yeah, he used to, he was in Afghanistan with the British Army. Uh, yeah, ruptured his spinal cord. And now he's the captain of the uh, British basketball wheelchair team. He really is the backbone of this squad. And he said that with, he said that with no irony. He didn't mean it to be a joke. And I was just like, I had to like turn the shower off and like, I was in, di- I was in disbelief that he actually said that. Didn't, didn't realise what he said. But um, there we go, talk sport. If, you, if you're looking for a new man, you know, me, me and Harry are available. There we go. So what we're going to do now, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, is uh, we're going to go on to La Liga and me and Harry have chosen the season each and we're going to kind of go through the um, highlights of that particular season of La Liga in the noughties. Um, for me, as I was saying to Harry before we started recording, the last 10 years of football was in the 2010s. have kind of been dominated by the Premier League in being some of the best teams in the world. But I think the noughties was very much defined by La Liga, uh, representing world sure. football on, on the global stage. And the 90s, very much defined by Italian football. Um, you know, all the as we said earlier, the biggest transfers, the best players all, all came, came from La Liga or went to La Liga from more prominent teams in England as well. Would you say that as well, Harry? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, as well, as, you'll, as we go through the seasons, you'll see... Uh, how that progresses during the noughties. You'll see bigger name transfers coming in. You'll see how the title race becomes tighter at the top of the table as the seasons go on. I think hopefully we can uh, draw a picture for people that maybe don't agree with with that statement. We'll come round and see why we believe that. And if you don't agree, that's fine. You could write in to us at uh, ultimate11.football on Instagram and on Twitter at Team of Our Lives. We want to get talking about the stuff you want to hear. So by all means, get in touch with us. Um, so Harry, you've got the 2000-2001 season. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what happened in that season in La Liga? Yeah, of course. So yeah, so we start with 2000 uh, and 2001, beginning of the noughties. I just wanted to point out as well, it's actually the 70th season of... Uh, the Liga Primera Division. Um, oh, really? So it was a, yeah, so it was actually a bit of a, a milestone. Does uh, that make it one of the older seasons? It must be make it one of the most uh, oldest, oldest seasons yeah, in the world, I, think, I guess. I think um, maybe uh, the Bundesliga uh, outdates it, I think, maybe. Yeah, yeah the B- Bundesliga's been there today, I think, formed in the late 60s, isn't it? Yeah. So they're both pretty, pretty ancient uh Leagues, really, in comparison to say, like Premier League, only really started in '92. I don't know about ancient. It was like the wow. old uh, Egyptian yeah. leagues, the uh, <laughs> the Cairo Pharaohs, the Pharaohs. <laughs> yeah, Go I don't think organised football was going on in ancient Egypt. Though. Yeah, fair enough. I just meant in comparison. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right, so we're, yeah, so I'll just get into, it, I suppose. Um, so I'm thinking I'm just going to start with the top four and uh, see if you can. There's some names in there that you might not expect. So at top and winning the league with 80 points was Real Madrid well I think you know you could expect to be there Uh, in second with 73 points was Deportivo who I think started this uh, decade strongly but maybe fade away by the end of it Mm. and then in the third place finish is Mallorca with 71 points yeah 
Wow. Um, One thing I've noticed is what, doing some research on the Liga in the North is that Mallorca are one hell of an inconsistent oh, team. Like sometimes yes. they're Champions League year after year, and then you know they're in relegation battles. Then they get relegated. Then it, like it's it, yeah. There is sure. not. I don't think in the Premier League there's a comparable club to them. Maybe oh, no. Leicester gonna... in, in recent years, maybe Leicester, but yeah. Uh, as we Sorry. go on as well, yeah. we're, you're, uh, I'm going to point out a team that finishes in the top four, and then or two teams that finish in the top four in one season, and then a few seasons later, both get relegated. Really, well, it's okay. unheard of in the Premier League. Where it just wouldn't happen. Um, Looking forward to that. Carry on, sir. Yeah. So then, in fourth is Barcelona, but they're well out on 63 points, and at this point in time of La Liga. You had to finish in the top two to be in the uh, knockout stages of um, well, the group stages, quali- sorry. Yeah, of, qualify for the Champions League, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the Champions but League. Then... You had to actually go for third and fourth, they actually had to go for qualifying rounds. So if Barcelona starts off a decade in sort of qualifying rounds of Champions League. And then, yeah, I've just looked at the relegated teams. So we have Real Oviedo relegated on 41 points. Well, I'm sure 41 points to a lot of people would sound safe, but not this season. And then there's Racing Santander and Numanica both also go down on 39 points each. So nearly all relegation sides on 40 points. Just shows you how strong of a season this was. Mm. Um, also within that, the team just avoiding relegation was Real Zaragoza. But they happened to win for Copa del Rey and qualify for the UEFA Cup. Nice. So, they won the, they won the Copa del Rey that year. Yeah, on the cover that year, and then just survive relegation by a couple of point points. Is that, is that, so, yeah, is that a gotha? Crazy, they're a gotha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also thought I'd have a look at the um the uh, top goal scorers. What I don't know if you're aware of uh, in Spain, uh, it's like an unofficial award for the top goal scorers called the Pichichi Trophy. Yeah, 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 and it's named after like a a player that uh, played for. Real Bilbao uh, back in like, the 20s. Bilbao back in like, the 20s. Not Athletic Bilbao. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you were like hybrid, hybrid names. Yeah. Real the, Malaga. He actually played for Bilbao FC and then they became oh, okay. Athletic Bilbao. There you go. Save myself a bit of knowledge. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he, he actually scored like something like 89 goals and like. 83 games or something for them, hence the trophy being named after him. He died actually at 29 years of age, so he never really got to really? see how many goals he could score. Wow. Um, so, yeah, in 2000, the top goal scorer, in, uh, the top two, I don't think it'd be any anyone would figure otherwise. It's Ra- Raul scoring 24 goals for Real Madrid, and then Rivaldo with Barcelona scored 23. So it's just one goal, one goal in between it between the two of them. Mm. And then filling out that top five are Javi Moreno at Alaves, scored 22 goals. Diego Tristan for Deportivo at 19 goals. And Patrick Clavert at Barcelona for 18 goals. Yeah. Who I don't know about you, but I've got very fond memories of that man at, uh, in that Barcelona top. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, the surprising was Rivaldo. It's like he, he wasn't an out and out striker. Oh, you know, no. he, he could play on the wing. He was centre forward. You know, his later career he played like midfield. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Diego Tristan. You know, I've got a little bit on him coming up in a second. 
Um, but but um, very underrated player who never quite made it to the top. Yeah, for I think sure. I'm fair in saying like he was yeah. probably too good for Deportivo in hindsight. Maybe a contender for through the Keown hole at some point. Oh, um, yeah, I think as well we'll see him, his name pop up on this top goal scorer list a few times. Explain it. Seasons. Uh, cool. Shall I move on to the next season? Yeah, I just before we do, I just uh, would have to mention that this is for, also for the year that Figo makes that move from Barcelona to Real Madrid and obviously for Galatico's begin. Um, because do, you, do you know who else signed for uh, Real Madrid in the same transfer window? Um, uh, multiple people, obviously, but I'm looking for one else? in particular, centre midfielder. It wasn't Zidane, was it? It's not Zidane, he comes later, but it's... Um, yeah, because I've got him on my list. Ma- um, yeah, it's Makalele. Oh, is it? Yeah. From PSG? Yeah. I, thought, I also pointed out here that Diego Tristan actually moved from Mallorca to Deportivo. So those 19 goals maybe are what allowed them to be second and Mallorca in third. So it's quite a steal Not for them. Nice. Not bad for a debut season. Yeah. One last uh, for you is, uh, just because it's obscure as hell, Stan Collymore signed for Oviedo from <laughs> Bradford this season. Ooh. And obviously Oviedo get uh, relegated. Bloody hell. Can't go. say I can't say I knew that. Oviedo have signed. They've had a few different, like weird English players play for them. The same as uh, uh, Real Valo did it as well. Yeah, um, but one of those teams as well has had a hard time in recent years of relegations and administrations, and they've been like fans have saved them. They're, they're a really interesting club to look up. Yeah, lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Anyway, um, so that was the two thousand one, no, two thousand two thousand one season. Yeah. Moving on to 2001-2002 season, um, so straight in with the winners, it was Valencia. Um, so if you think about where they are nowadays, all the troubles they've got going on behind the scenes and lack of transfers and funds, whatever. In Throughout the decade, as will become clear, they were always doing well, not only in La Liga, but also in European football as well. So this was their fifth league title of all time, but it was their first major trophy since 1971 and managed, of course, by the one and only Rafa Benitez. And this is you know, the club that very much uh, gave prominence to his name. Included such players. See if you remember these players. Uh, in goal, Santiago Canizares. Remember him? Used to have bleach, uh, bleach blonde hair. Okay. Uh, sp- uh, Spanish keeper. Roberto Ayala. Uh, Carlos Marchena. Uh, Fabio Aurelio, Pablo Aymar, Vicente. And who is their striker? Big John Carew. Oh. Hell, of a, hell of a team then, really. Hell of a team. They only drew uh, 12 times and they lost five times. In second place, again, it wasn't Real Madrid. It wasn't Barcelona. It was Deportivo La Coruña. Um, again, fallen on hard times in recent years. They now play in the third division in Spanish football. Um, absolute colossal fuck-ups going on at Deportivo currently but they finished second this season and of course they won the league in the 99-2000 season but doesn't quite qualify for our Naughties podcast in third place was Los Blancos it was Real Madrid and in fourth place the Catalan Giants Barcelona so they finished fourth two years in a row am I right in thinking Harry? Sorry so you, you, you said they finished fourth well. Barcelona yeah yeah so they finished fourth two years in a row which is unheard of now That's- isn't it? Yeah, that'd be such a humiliation in today's world. Exactly, yes, absolutely. Uh, the top goal scorer was uh, Diego Tristan with 21 goals for Deportivo. Again, as we said earlier, probably a bit 
OP for uh, Deportivo. Uh, this sure. is the, this is the year that Zinedine Zidane moved to Madrid uh, as well from Juventus. Other notable players this season, uh, of course, Tristan, 21 goals. Uh, for Real Sociedad, uh, Javier De Pedro got 11 assists, so you would have put him in your fantasy team. Um, Dario Silva, remember him? Oh, yes. It, uh, of course, you, you know him as a Portland Playing player, but he's, yeah. he, he's probably more famous for having his leg amputated after yeah, being in a car sure. crash. Um, I've put him down because he got the most red cards that season. He got three red cards. Oh, wow. Um, in goal for Real Batas was uh, Tony Pratt's uh, 17 clean sheets. Uh, Fernando Morientes was at Real Madrid at this point. He got 18 goals for them, had a pretty good season. And uh, for the second season in a row, Patrick Clivert to Barcelona got another 18 goals. Not bad, eh? Incredible player. Bad at all. Uh, so, Harry, you got the next season, the 2 season for us? Yeah, 2 3 yeah. We'll just go straight in with it then. So, lost Blancos this time. Victorious again, 78 points at the top there, followed just behind by Real Sociedad. Oh, really? <laughs> Could you imagine coming second these days? This top four is, is unbelievable. So Madrid, Sociedad, Deportivo in third, and then Salta Vigo round out the top four. Really? Where were Barcelona? Barcelona end up in sixth. On 56 young. points. So the fourth team were at 61 points. So, you know, quite a way off even. Uh, that top four finish. Bloody yeah. Hell. Okay, so then a few names here that pop up a lot when you talk about relegation in La Liga. We've got... Uh, let me try and get this right. <laughs> Recativo, Alaves, and Rayo Velenco all relegated. Really? Yeah. Cel- Celta Vigo definitely finished fourth. Celta Vigo finished fourth. Okay, because I've got a revelation coming in the next uh, in my second in the second. Okay, all right, and then um, Copa del Rey winner that year was Mallorca. So there you go again, being a hot and cold team for over a decade, uh, winning cups. Okay, so uh, top goal scorer then is a chap by the name of Roy McKay. Uh, Roy McKay. Mackay, Mackay, yeah, um, Deportivo. For, for Deportivo, yeah, he was a fan. He, after Deportivo, he went to Bayern Munich and uh, was their main striker there with uh, Roque Santa Cruz. Oh, and okay. um, yeah, he won like seven Bundesliga titles with him. Incredible. 29 goals in this season. Oof. 29 goals. Not That's bad. Not bad. Crazy. The nearest to him was Ronaldo uh, at Real Madrid on 23 goals. And that's his debut season as well for Ronaldo. Um, then we have, uh, let's have a look. Nihak, uh, oh, K- Kvechi, of the Turkish guy. dad. Yeah. Yeah. And Darko, uh, Kvacic. Cause he's like Croatian. So it's itch. Yeah. So they're both, so they're both for Real dad and they score 23 goals and 20 goals respectively that's 43 goals from just the two of them i didn't that's see incredible. real yeah i didn't see real system pop up again during my research in like the top half no, of the table so they like, must have had just like one freak season yeah they just had two goals obviously they had two strikers that scored 43 goals you kind of end up <laughs> you're going to end up quite high um and then joint fifth really is raul and that guy again patrick clover with 16 apiece each nice not bad yeah, on, not bad. On transfer front, as I said, Ronaldo's debut season for the uh, 
Madrid side there. Uh, so 23 goals debut season can't go wrong. Um, and then Barcelona, I'll just put this down, made a sign-in. And what was one Romain Raquelme from Boca Juniors? One Romain Raquelme, yeah. This is them. So obviously after finishing sixth, they must have thought, well, we better find some players who are relatively cheap and going to be worthwhile. Because I'm pretty sure they only got him for like four million or something yeah. um, from Boca. And then, uh, yeah, sure. Raquelme will definitely make a, a few appearances later on. Splendid. Um, so let's move on. Should we move on to the 03 04 season? Yeah. So once again, astoundingly, Valencia win their sixth title after a year absence, uh, with Rafa still in charge. They also won the UEFA Cup this year. Um, I don't know if you remember the striker called Mr. M I S T A. Yes. Mr. I don't know how you say it in Spanish, but he scored 24 goals in all competitions this season. So he was very much the main man for them up top. Finishing second this time around was Barcelona. So obviously Raquel May had worked his magic and uh, <laughs> done a lot there. But they also made some key signings, which I'll get onto in a second this year, which helped them, you know, uh, kind of compete with the top spot. Uh, in third again was Deportivo La Coruña. So if you're a Deportivo fan now, write into us because I'm, I'm so intrigued to how you're feeling being now in the third division of Spanish football oh, after being so dominant. Although I did hear in the 90s they weren't a great team. They just suddenly got a lot of investment and they used to sell all their youth players, essentially. So it might have something to do with that. I'm not an expert on that. Uh, and finishing fourth was Real Madrid, another disappointing season for them. Uh, getting relegated uh, was Mercia and uh, Real Valladolid. And the team who finished fourth place the year before, Celta Vigo, which I find super interesting. What was that about? It was just a mad league at this time. Like it's, it's, it's not going to be the last time we see someone finish in the top four being relegated. Yeah, maybe it isn't surprising that Deportivo are now in the third league, league, league of Spanish <laughs> football because like, it's, just, it's just nuts. People going I think Spanish football is quite uh, volatile. I think it can happen rather quickly. Yeah, it's true. I remember when... Getafe... I mean, it happens in England. You've seen it with Portsmouth, Sunderland. You saw it sort of once before. Um, seen true, it but switch, I... But I not to must... this extent, yeah. maybe. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because I remember when Getafe was shite and then like they finished like fifth not too long ago and, and Malaga were terrible. Like, they'd never been in La Liga. And then, you know, yeah, definitely. Anyway, uh, yeah, so those are the teams relegated. Top goal scorer was Ronaldo Nazario, Brazilian Ronaldo. He got 24 goals this season. Notable transfers... David Beckham moved to Real Madrid for 33.75 million. And Barcelona bucked up their ideas. They thought finishing sixth isn't good enough. They'll take second this time around. And that was in thanks to Ronaldinho from Paris Saint-Germain for £29 million. Good bit of business there. Probably my favourite player of all time. And yeah, I, I, I can't speak highly enough. We'll probably do a Ronaldinho special at some point. I think there should be an episode dedicated to him, in my opinion. That's how highly I think of him. Uh, Ricardo Corresma also moved to Barcelona for 5.70 million. Didn't go too well from there, but they stabled the back with Rafael Marquez for 4.73 million as well. The Mexican defender who's appeared at more World Cups than any other player other than other than Casey Keller. So Casey Keller's got the record for being the goalkeeper at four World Cups. Marquez played at four World Cups, maybe even five, but as an outfield player. I think, yeah. Which is pretty good. Um, notable players this season, obviously, Ronaldo was the top goal scorer. Do you remember Julio Baptista? Yes. Uh, he played for Arsenal very briefly and for Roma, but at very one briefly, time he was yeah. the he was the top goal scorer for Sevilla. Uh, he got 20 goals this season and, of course, moved to Real Madrid a little bit later on. 
Um, as we mentioned, Meester for Valencia got 19 goals in the league, 24 in all competitions. Samuel Eto, not at Barcelona, but at Mallorca, um, got 17 goals. And Mallorca, who done really well the season before Harry just described, they finished 11th this season. Um, so again, that randomness of the league, the Liga, despite getting 17 goals for Eto, um, you know, still a bit weird. Uh, Ariel Idbagaza. Uh, got 11 assists. Luis Figo got 11 assists. And Santiago Canizares got 20 clean sheets for Valencia. So the reason they won the league this year was really their defensive work more than anything else. And uh, yeah, over to you, Harry, with the 04-05 season. All right. I was so glad when uh, we were working out who's doing what season, so I'd get 04-05. And it's because it's the only season I've actually saw a La Liga game live. So, oh, really? Who, who, yeah. Who'd you go and see? Who'd you go and see? I went to see Barcelona first, uh, Albacete. Okay. And what's even better about this is it's the, it's the 1st of May 2005 and a young Argentinian comes on the pitch and scores his first ever goal for no Barcelona. Way. And that guy was obviously Messi. So I get to say I was there for Messi's first ever Barcelona goal. That's one hell of a brag. One hell of a yeah. brag. I mean, I didn't know it at the time, obviously. Um, it took a few years later. Me and my dad sort of sat down and worked out the game. Like, you know, Who's playing? Oh, Messi scored. And then sort of did some research. That is like his second ever appearance and his first ever goal. <laughs> like, incredible. So, yeah. Do you, remember so, his, uh, do you know Messi's shirt numbers, which he's had? Oh, uh, he's, he's had three. Okay, come on in. Uh, so, he had number 30. Okay, uh, that's what we're seeing, I guess. Yeah, in his first season. And then when he was like more regularly being used as a rotational player, he had number 19 and obviously number 10 now. Yeah, for sure. Also, just a little fact that the, uh, the guy that assisted his first goal out of that game was none other than Ronaldinho. Yeah, I do know that. Yeah. I, I must have watched that game on the, either on TV or on some sort of highlights reel because yeah. um, I do remember someone saying that. I was a. Uh, the crazy thing is, obviously, it's like, you know, near 100,000 people there, everyone like clapping in time and shouting Barca in time. And I just had to be sat in front of the one guy that was out of time, didn't I? Barca. And they'd be like, Barca. Yeah. Oh, shut up. He's on like yeah, a two second incredible. delay. Yeah, literally. Anyway, Barcelona stormed to the title with 84 points, followed by Real Madrid. And then Villarreal in third with 65 points. So massive gap from the top two. And then uh, bringing out the top four as Bet- uh, oh, Betty or Betis, however you want to pronounce that. Um, and that oh, was Betis. 62 points. Yeah, but Spanish people sometimes say Betty. Oh, well, they, they know where to complain. <laughs> uh, relegated. Um, oh, that team, Albacete, I, I saw Barcelona beat. Albacete, yeah. But they were relegated as along with... And these, oh, these ones are going to get me. Uh, <laughs> Numanica and Levante. Yep. Yep. Uh, in that season as well, not only finishing in the top four, but Real Betis also won the Copa del Rey. Nice. So, did very well there. The top goal, goal scorer, though, is from Villarreal, and it was none other than Diego Forlan. Um, of course it was. Samueto had moved to Barcelona at this point, and also gets the same amount of goals as Forlan, so they got 25 each. Nice. Uh, in third there was a man playing for Betty, or Betty, and that is Ricardo Oliveira. 
Ronaldo then and Julio Baptiste sort of come in fourth and fifth there. Uh, so I'm just going to quickly, for the transfers, I've just took three from Madrid and three from Barca. And you tell me who you think did better this season. So okay. going, three players going to Madrid were Woodgate, Graveson and Owen. And three players going to Barcelona, Eto, Deco and Larson. I think it's obvious Barcelona <laughs> or the... Uh... Yeah, managed to uh, get the better deal there. But uh, yeah. don't forget, didn't Michael Owen was a Ballon d'Or winner at this point. So, yeah, but I think it shows why Barca ended up with a title and Madrid didn't. I know we, I know we mentioned it last week, but Jonathan Woodgate, his his debut for Real Madrid was the most Jonathan Woodgate thing to ever happen. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> he scored an own goal, was at fault for another goal and got sent off. Like... It was, it was the most, yeah, it was, it was, oh, still find it weird they signed them, let alone Graveson. But uh, there we go. There we go. Should we move on to the uh, 05 06 season? Yeah, let's go for it. So, once again, Barcelona win it for the second time on the bounce with uh, Frank Rijkaard at the helm. Uh, finished 12 points above Real Madrid. So, when with Barcelona having all these players like Puyol, Xavi, Larson, Neto, Ronaldinho, Van Bommel, Van Bronckhorst, Deco. Iniesta, Messi as well, of course. Um, you know, it's inevitable. They really got their shit together. Also won the Champions League this year against Arsenal in the final, of course. Finishing second, as mentioned, was Real Madrid, 12 points behind. So one hell of a gap they had to bridge. Finishing third, um, they've been in and around the top four uh, thus far, uh, was Valencia. Who do you think finished fourth? Uh, oh, it's, gonna, it's not going to be someone obvious then, is it? No, um, it's not. I'll give you £10 if you get it right. <laughs> is it... Is it Dad again? No. It's Osasuna. Ah, OK. And I have i don't know the history of Osasuna, but as far as I'm concerned, they've always been a relegation-bound team. In yeah, for sure. Um, so for them to finish fourth is quite incredible. Uh, their main striker was... Uh, he might have been a brief spell in the Prem, I believe, with... West Ham, maybe I can't remember. Um, Savo Milosevic, uh, the Serbian striker, he, he had a, just a really good season for them, and ultimately helped them to the top four. And uh, they must have done pretty badly ever since then. The relegated teams were Deportivo Alaves, uh, Cadiz, and Malaga, as well, not doing too well there. The notable signings were Sergio Ramos to Real Madrid for twenty four point three million. So this is Madrid are trying to balance out with Barcelona's dominant team at the moment. So Madrid gets Sergio Ramos. They also get Rubinho for 21.6 million. They also get Julio Baptiste from uh, um, Seville as well. So they absolutely ramsack Seville. They take Ramos and Baptiste, their two main players in that season. And they also, Raquel May goes to Villarreal from uh, uh, Barcelona that season as well. Uh, Notable players before we move on to Harry's season. Uh, Samuel Eto'o uh, got 26 goals. Uh, David Villa got 25 when he was at Valencia. Uh, Ronaldinho got 17 goals and 14 assists. He got the most assists that season. Raquel May got 12 goals in his debut season for Villarreal. And considering he played relatively deep midfield, that, I thought that was quite uh, impressive. And who got sent off the most? It was, of course, Sergio Ramos getting three times the red card in his debut campaign for Real Madrid. Um, not surprising. Yeah, not surprising at all. Um, over to you, Mr. Harry. 
All right. So, yeah, 2006-2007 season. Is there anything that springs to mind about that season at all? Um, what, it was the Spanish teams or? Yeah. It's quite... Spanish The way teams. it ended is quite famous. 06-07. No, you have to... So there was a lot of confusion amongst the British press and Sky Sports News at the time because Real Madrid and Barcelona both ended on 76 points. Oh, uh, is that rather than do yeah, rather than do the British goal difference thing, obviously it goes to head to head, and Madrid had won more games in the head to head that year, so they walk away with the title. So yeah, first and second were Madrid, Barca, seventy six points. Seville come in third with seventy one, and then Valencia round out top four with sixty six. So quite some gap, ten points from top there. Um, Relegated, and here we go. So. Celta get relegated again, so he must have come up and relegated. Real Sociedad get relegated this season. Really? Yeah. Um, so not long after coming second, they have now been relegated. And uh, Gymnastic relegated as well. Far far from putting up any fight, they just got 28 points. <laughs> um, Seville actually win the Copa del Rey and they beat Getafe in the final. But... Uh, Looking at myself, I realised Getafe had actually beat Barcelona in the semis 6-5 on Agravert. Really? Because yeah, it's a two-legged race. A two-legged race? A two-legged... <laughs> all, races are, all, all, all races are two-legged. <laughs> a two-legged uh, com- uh, cup competition. And um, uh, they actually had to come back and win 4-0 on the second uh, leg to get that result. Mm, they've done a Middlesbrough. Go and, go and lose 1-0 to Seville in the uh, final. Yeah, so top goal sprint. scorer is your your favourite uh, striker, Ruvan Istri. Was it? Yeah, uh, I think it's twenty five goals. And then Diego Milito for Zaragoza with twenty three goals. Oh, uh, Diego Milito. Milito. Oh, is it the that's the um, Jose Mourinho's favourite striker because he bought him for Inter Milan and like he just had a freak season. He scored the winning Champions League goals against Bayern Munich. Okay, yeah, so second there. Uh, Frederick Canute and Ronaldinho in third with 21 goals each. Not bad. And Diego Forlan, but this time with, uh, with Villarreal in with only 19 goals, but rounds out the top five there. Um, I've just got down, obviously, a couple of transfers here. Uh, the big one, obviously, was Ruud van Nistori comes in and ends up as top goal scorer. But also, a young Sergio Aguero signs for... Atletico Madrid this season. That's the first time we in the West really get to see the Argentinian. Also, I've just put down could Johnson leave Chelsea for Barcelona this season? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Gravison and Woodgate had left Real Madrid. <laughs> surprise, surprise. So, yeah, that's 2006 and 2007 seasons. I think one thing we should probably mention as well that Atletico Madrid were nowhere near the team they are today. Oh no! I mean, they started the decade by you know in the, in the second tier, but you know, it was you know, in part this is why Fernando Torres is so kind of highly thought of them because he came up with them in 2002, I believe, and they were always floating around the mid table. It was only towards the end of the noughties that they started getting <laughs> you know top six, top five, whatever else. Oh, um, sure. But anyway, let's go on to the 07-08 season. Uh, so the winners were once again Real Madrid with their 31st title with head coach Bernd Schuster. Uh, they domestically, they went out of every single major tournament relatively early 
which gave them nothing to go for other than the title. So they're always going to do pretty well. In fact, they won the title by eight uh, clean points, which is, I think, still to this day, with the highest distance between them and Barcelona in terms of first and second. Uh, Raul got 23 goals in all competitions. Who finished second? The Yellow Submarines themselves, Villarreal, uh, the hard work of their midfield and uh, top top boat um, done well there after Forlander left as well. So that's pretty good for them. Third was Barcelona. And as I've alluded to just then, Atletico Madrid outdone themselves and finished uh, an all-time uh, higher fourth. Uh, done pretty well considering where they've been in previous years. Uh, the relegated once again uh, was Real Zaragoza, uh, Mercia and Levante. Um, so all those teams being relegated already once in, uh, in previous years in the decade. Notable signings. Now, this is when Real Madrid, this is the year they went, fuck you, Barcelona, and just went out. So do, do you want to hear some of their signings? Yeah. Oh, actually, um, Ian Robin, 31.5 okay. million. Pepe, 27 million. Wesley Schneider, 24.3 million. So this is their first kind of fuck you transfer window to Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona's notable players, really, the most notable one was Thierry Henry for 21.6 million. Uh, Diego Forlan, this is the season he moved from Villarreal to Atletico Madrid. Probably why Atletico Madrid done so well, but of course Villarreal finished above them. Uh, that was 18.9 million. And Yaya Torre got into the Barcelona squad uh, for 8.1 million from Olympiacos. However, the top goal scorer was a Mallorca player, it was, I don't know if you remember him. I remember him from the 2010 World Cup, Spanish striker Daniel Giza or Geza. Um, he was him, he was quite unfortunate, really, because he was around the same time with David Villa, uh, Morientes, and um, Fernando Torres. So he was never quite in the top three for the like, strikers, uh, but a good striker nonetheless. And he scored 27 goals for Mallorca uh, that season. He finished like eighth. So those goals couldn't help him. Uh, Luis Fabiano. He was brought in to replace Julio Baptista. He got 24 goals. Sergio Aguero in his kind of second season with Atletico got 19 goals. Guti from Real Madrid got 14 assists. He led the assist chance. Found this one quite interesting. Uh, Fabrizio Colaccini, um for Deportivo. He played every single minute of every single game, 3,420, wow. um, which for an outfield player, he was the first player to do that in La Liga. Um, as it's been rebranded. Uh, Racing Santander's goalkeeper Tono uh, got 16 clean sheets. And guess who got three red cards again? <laughs> Sergio Ramos. Sergio Ramos and joining in this time, Danny Alves as well. Okay. Go on in. What's, what have you got for the uh, 08 09 season? All right. So, a little bit of a reverse of what happened in previous season. Barcelona are on top with 87 points and Nine points behind them uh, on 78 are Real Madrid. Uh, Seville come in third with 70. And then, as you say, beginning of Atleti is really looking like a top side. They come in fourth once again, 67 points. Relegated this season is Real uh, Betis. So after winning the cup and finishing the top four, they're also relegated. Um, and then Numanica and Recortivo both been relegated before, relegated once again. But I think for the first time on the seasons I've looked at, one of the top two have won the uh, Copa del Rey. Barcelona actually pick up the Copa del Rey this season. So top Copa del Rey is a, yeah, sorry, the Copa, Copa del Rey is an interesting one. We should definitely do a special on the Copa del Rey at some yeah. point because it's never won by the teams you'd think. If you think about the FA Cup, no. 
in the noughties, yeah. it was either Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United. We would expect La Liga to be Barca, Real, maybe Atletico, if you're thinking it with today's eyes on. But not at all. It was so random, as you said. Oh. Zara Goffa won it. and It's very much more like the League Cup when you're looking at these, uh, the teams that won it. <laughs> the Johnston's paint trophy, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, top goal scorer, 32 goals this season. It's Forlan for, for, for Atletico. And then just beneath him is Semueto at 30 goals. And then just below him on 28 goals is David Villa for Valencia. So between those three, that's a ridiculous amount of goals. And then coming in fourth is a very young Messi, 23 goals. And to think he's not playing as a striker at all at this point, you know, and 23 goals is incredible. And then Real Madrid, uh, Higuain brings up the top five with 22 goals. So this transfer window... Uh, maybe mostly famous for Ronaldinho leaving to AC Milan. Um, Jared Piquet comes back from United to Barcelona and really helps shore up that defence. Real Madrid bring in uh, Van de Vaart and Huntelaar, let Robinho go. But strangely enough, the first American to ever score in the La Liga is signed. Can you remember who that was? Did I mention this not too long ago? You may have mentioned the player before, yes. Oh, why can't I think of it? Was it like Brian McBride or something? It's Josie Altador. Of course it is, you idiot. Yeah. I think he only ends up playing a handful of games. Uh, but yeah, he left New York Red Bulls to Villarreal for like something like 10 million and they load him straight out to like a second division side and he becomes the first American to score in Spain and then pretty much doesn't do anything with them until it, he doesn't really start scoring goals until he goes to Holland, does well there, turns up in England, can't do it again. Very much a player with it, with his level, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Right. The last season of the decade, ladies and gentlemen, then we get on to our regular features. So the winners were Barcelona with their 20th title, so very much a landmark. This time it was Pep Guardiola at the helm. Uh, they also won the FIFA World Club Cup, if anyone cares about that. Uh, they also won the UEFA Super Cup and reached the semi-finals of the Champions League. Lionel Messi would have a standout season, scoring 47 goals in all competitions for the Catalans this season, which is ridiculous. He's eclipsed that now, of course, but at the time that was unheard of. Um, the title was only won by three points and Barcelona only lost one single match. Um, and there was also a managerial record of there were 28 managerial changes this season, which is wow. mad when there's only 20 teams in the league. Yeah. Um, but multiple, multiple. This this is when it really this is when the year the league shook up and you know it was always Barcelona and Real Madrid and you know the top two or three from then on until now, really. Um sure. in second was Real Madrid, of course, third Valencia. So Valencia is still doing really well. It's a shame they've got to the situation they're in today, really. They were very Exciting team to watch. Uh, fourth is uh, Sevilla, so they're climbing up the rankings, becoming you know uh, more of a league team than a UEFA Cup team. And fifth, I'll put this down because once again it's Mallorca, who just like every two or three years just seem to have a wonder season. <laughs> they, fin- they finish in the top four, uh, which is nuts. Uh, relegated with Real uh, Valladolid, uh, Tenerife, and Jerez. Um, the notable signings this season were insane. So Barcelona signed uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic for 62.5 million. And this is the season that was the real fuck you to Barcelona. 
just listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. Real Madrid to combat Barcelona and still finish second, mind. <laughs> signed Cristiano Ronaldo for 84.6 million. They signed Kaka for 60.3 million. They signed Karim Benzema for 31.5 million and signed Javi Alonso for 31 million. So close to 200 million they spent and still finished second. And the calibre of those players as well. Um, Truly is the second Galacticos, isn't it? There? Just, just about transfer window alone. Yeah, the second coming indeed. So the notable players this season, of course, as mentioned earlier, Lionel Messi uh, was top goal scorer with 34 goals. But what was more impressive, um, so a typical striker will get maybe two, three, four shots on target per game. In just the league games, in the 36, whatever league games they play, uh, Lionel Messi got 104 shots on target, uh, top the league, which is a pretty good stat. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain, Got 27 goals. He came second. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo got 26 goals in his first season. David Villa got 21. Uh, Xavi held the assist record with 13. And Victor Valdez got 20 clean sheets. And that was a, you know, a large part of the reason why Barcelona done so well, despite Real Madrid's uh, just mental signings. Um, so having discussed that now, do you think it's kind of without hesitation that La Liga was probably the dominant league in the noughties? I think definitely for sort of star power alone. And I think as well, when you look at, uh, I know we've sort of gone through it fast, but if you at the points between the teams, like it's only the last, what, two seasons we're talking here that the top two start running away of it. Before that, that top four was really competitive. It's, uh, you know, and obviously you see that with uh, some of these teams that pop in and out of it. Shows you how competitive it, that league must have really been. For sure, exactly. And, and if you don't believe us, I'm going to try and back this up by talking about the Ballon d'Or and uh, FIFA World Player of the Year now. Um, so if you don't know, the Ballon d'Or is obviously the most prestigious individual award you can get. It basically says you're the best player. Uh, the FIFA World Player of the Year award as well, it's essentially the same thing, but it's done by FIFA um, and no longer exists. It actually finished in 2010, um, but we're still... You know, it was seen as even a better award than the Ballon d'Or getting FIFA World Player of the Year because, you know, it's, it's been going around a long, long time. Um, so when it comes to those important individual awards, uh, Real Madrid has had 11 wins by seven players for the Ballon d'Or. And Barcelona has won the awards 12 times with six different players uh, for the Ballon d'Or. So that, that's just an insane stat as well. And um, out of the 10 possible winners over the decades, La Liga had pretty much... A lot of the players. Uh, so when this is during the decades, so during the noughties, these are just Ballon d'Or winners: uh, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Fabio Cavano, and Lionel Messi twice. And yeah, you know, that's pretty much taken up a huge chunk of it. Even in two thousand, I know technically we don't count that season, but uh, Luis Figo won it, and the year before that, Rivaldo won it. Uh, so if that doesn't go to show you know, it was a dominant league. I don't know what does, and it's very much the same story with the FIFA World Player of the Year award as well. Um, it's been won six times by Real Madrid players eight times by it was won by a La Liga player eight times out of ten between 2000 and 2010 um, which is just nuts Luis Figo won it Ronaldo won it Zidane won it Ronaldinho won it twice Cannavaro Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi um, which is absolutely nuts and if you still have doubts about La Liga being the uh, you know being rubbish it's it truly wasn't of course just have a, let's take a look at the Champions League. So we're not going to go into too much detail in the Champions League because I think we'll probably do a special on one particular tournament or one particular season. 
um, because there's too much detail to go into at this stage. But as a as an overall, in the noughties, Spain dominated in European football. Sure. So there are obviously ten Champions League tournaments that went on during the decade, uh, during the decade, and a Spanish team made it to the semi-finals eight years out of ten, including Deportivo, Valencia, Barca, Villarreal, and Real Madrid. So it just wasn't you know the usual suspects of Barca and Real. You've got a few other teams in there too. So it kind of demonstrates to me demonstrates to me it was kind of a very versatile and very consistent league. And in the UEFA Cup, it was a similar story with six Spanish sides reaching the final out of a possible ten, and that's more so than any other any other country and any other sure. league. You're talking about your Burkamps and your Omri's and your Vieiras and all these guys. They give you everything in the game, both sides of the game. They put their foot in and they can play. Sure. Anyway, that's enough of La Liga in the noughties for the season reviews. It's time. For our first feature of the podcast, it is yours and mine. It is through the Keown hole. This is the feature in which we choose a player from years gone by. Well, specifically the Nauties. That's what the podcast is all about. <laughs> who is far too good to play for the team they ended up at. Um, I've got a very controversial one this week. Okay. So, Harry, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. So, I briefly mentioned this player earlier. Um and that's this Brazilian striker Ricardo Oliveira. Um, so I don't know how much you remember about him. Um, I remember said, the name. I remember the name. That's about it. As a, okay. So as I said, he, he, he was playing for Real uh, Betis and ended up in the top goal scorer uh, there. And ended up in top goal scorer for the Liga there. So I just thought I'd have a little look into him. And um, so he started off his career uh, with Portuguesa, then went to Santos. Then he actually made the move to Valencia. So he had one season with Valencia, 21 games, eight goals. And that's the season, one of the seasons they won the league. So he has this amazing debut season and then gets sold <laughs> to Real Betis. So I think it's just, how did he end up at Betis after that? I don't understand. But he went, he had an incredible season with him. 37 games, 22 goals, ends up in that top uh, goal scorer list there. Um, he wins for Copa del Rey by, with, with them, scoring the winner as well. It's just incredible. After that, he actually got a big move to AC Milan. So, again, shows you the quality of his player. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't quite go as well as he would like. So, he, he ends up at uh, Zagarossa. And between him and Diego Milito, they scored 33 goals out of 50 club goals. So if a club scored 50 goals that season, the two of them scored 33. They got the bulk of them, yeah. Yep. The team was relegated. Bloody hell. <laughs> so uh, he went on to have quite a, a good career after that. Yeah, back Mainly back in Brazil, playing for um, Santos one more time and uh, Sao Paulo one more time. And I think now he's still playing at the age of 41 for really? a team out there. But I just it was just stumbled upon him through this research, and I just thought he was way too good for be playing for teams like Betis and uh, and uh, Zagarossa. He actually went back to Real Betis for the season after he got relegated, and um, uh, after he got relegated, yeah, and he went back and he had pretty good season, scored quite a few goals for him again, but they got relegated as well. Jeez. So Jeez. he got relegated twice in a row. But I just think he was just way too good for being at those teams, really. Yeah, sounds like it. Definitely sounds like it. Good shout, Ricardo Oliveira. Um, this is going to be a tricky. 
I had so many players I could have chosen from, and we're trying to we're trying to keep it in the league of fashion, ladies and gentlemen listening at home. So please don't crucify me for what I'm going to say next. I have decided to go for for the through the key own hole for the players too good to play for this team. The whole of the 2004-2005 Villarreal midfield. <laughs> okay, I like this. Hear me out, ladies and gentlemen. Don't throw stuff at your screen. Do not turn off. Hear me out. Now Villarreal. As we see them with 2021 rose-tinted glasses on, you know, we think of them as maybe a top seven club. They're in, in and about the European places. We know they used to be good back in the day. We know Diego Fallon had a mental season for them. But back in the noughties and in the 90s, they weren't very good at all. The Canaries were not great. So, for example, in the 0102 season, they finished 15th. Whether they finished in the 0203 season, they finished 15th again. So they finished 15th two seasons in a row. And then around about 2004, they made some key signings and they finished eighth. So they, you know, they've done half as, they've done double as good as they've done last time. My English is awful. But you get what I'm saying. They went from 15th to eighth. And then they finished third in 2006, seven. And then they finished second, 07, 08. So the trajectory Incredible. was Mental. And not only were they doing that, but they got to the semi-final of the Champions League. They were doing well in Cup del Rey. They were doing well in Europe. And I put oh, it down to... I was going to say, there was a time where they looked like they were going to be the third big team. Well, exactly, yeah. It, you know, Valencia had a, had a had a pop-up in the early noughties. Then they went back down again. Then it was Villarreal. And by the end of the decade, the third team, other than Barca and Real Madrid, was probably arguably Atletico Madrid. And it's probably stayed that way ever since. But it was in the mid-noughties, like 04, 05, it was Villarreal. Uh, a helping hand in that was Manuel Pellegrini as the manager for bringing in Diego Forlan. But it was all down to the midfield. So this is the context I'm going to say these players. So let's not see Villarreal as the you know the half-decent team we think they are today. Let's see Villarreal as, I don't know, a Southampton-level side. That Southampton-level side has got Marcos Senna, Santi Carzola, and Raquel May. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, I couldn't choose between them. Uh, Marcos Senna, for those who don't know, he was, you know, before Spain got that really, really good kind of midfield of Xavi, Iniesta, and whoever else, Fabregas. Uh, Marcos Senna was like the holding midfielder uh, in, the, in the early noughties. He was incredible uh, for Villarreal. And that's, you know, him allowing to pivot that role, like in Golo Cante, meant that Santa Gonzola and Raquel May were kind of left to do their thing. Shots from 30 yards, just very, very sexy, sexy, sexy football. Their vision was like a medieval archer. It was it was just tantalising to watch. It really was absolutely insane. Steps past Toure, but not past Zambrotta. Given straight to Paul Scholes! What about that? What about that? Um, but it's time now to move on to a new feature that we trialled last week, and it's been so popular, we're going to bring it back. It's now... Harry's turn to give me some of his Kevin Friends reunited. Now, this is the brand new feature in which we get players from the decade which you are going to have no idea actually playing together. Well, you might do if you're a football fan and you're listening to this, but uh, it'll be interesting to us nonetheless. Um, so last week we had the likes of Sean Wright Phillips playing with George Weir. So Harry, you've got five Kevin Friends reunited for me. Hit me. Okay, so uh, did you know... I had a good, good Johnson played with Jimmy Chore at Monaco. No idea. So this is no. 2009, 2010, that uh, good Johnson sort of turns up there. 
but yeah, so you got Chelsea and Barcelona sort of here over there with Liverpool. Uh, I wouldn't say hero, but player. <laughs> Champions League um, winner. Yeah, together at, uh, in Monaco. Well, I thought was I, I didn't really know that until I sort of researched that. So I thought that was quite interesting. I'm sure it's nothing to do with the fact it's a tax haven. I'm no, sure that's not, def- definitely, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, <laughs> okay, so obviously you're aware that Deli Ali started his career with MK Dons, but ever. For three seasons, so do you know what Naughty's legend he got to share the pitch with? Uh, it wasn't Neil Sullivan, was it? It's not Neil Sullivan because he was at Doncaster for it. Um, is it a goalkeeper? It's not a goalkeeper, it's a midfield player. He did play up front sometimes um, early in his career. Alan Smith, it's Alan Smith. Alan Smith, yeah, I forgot he was there. Naughty's legend, Alan Smith, there turning up. Uh, mentoring a young Deli Ali at none other than Milton Keynes. Disgusting. <laughs> they are the worst um, club in, in England, though. I'm just going to throw, throw that out there. MK Dons fans, I'm sorry, but you're not real. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. do not exist. If, you've got a, uh, if you do have an MK Dons podcast, we'd be happy to be guests and yeah. tell you why we think you don't exist. I don't even call them <laughs> MK Dons. I, <laughs> I call them North Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like if they ever get to the Premier League, that has to be their name on Pro Evo. <laughs> it probably it is the name. <laughs> uh. Um, so this one I've gone with. So 2007 Schalke team had both Ivan Rakovic and Ozil playing yeah, together. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's quite incredible for the yeah, they've um, to have. Was that when Raul was there as well? Was that a bit later on? Ah, oh, talking about Raul. <laughs> so also at the end of the uh, decade, Raul turns up at Schalke, and uh, I've, I've decided to partner him with none other than Manuel Neuer, because wow. again, two amazing players at a team that you really wouldn't expect him to be at together. And for the last one, um, so yeah, for the last one, I've gone through for. It's Ben. It's Benfica. It's Angel Di Maria with none other than the legend Freddie Adu. That is they the best one of, I've ever heard. They've played all of about fifteen minutes together, I'm sure. But they were both at know. Benfica at the same time. Yeah, that's nuts. Without further, well, yeah, without further Freddie Adu, let's move on to what a link that was, by the way. Let's move on <laughs> to everybody's favourite <laughs> segment. It'll become a regular thing. Um, the Robbie Savage Hall of Fame. Ronaldinho takes, and David Seaman's call off his line, and Brazil take the lead. If you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and if you don't even, you should, because uh, we post up uh, kind of criminal profile photos of these players <laughs> in a weird kind of fashion. So this is the section uh, where we induct two more people into the Robbie Savage Hall of Fame. And they're just players who you think, how on earth did they get a professional contract? What is going on there? Um, and if you allow me to, I'll go first. Uh, so this week we are sticking to our Spanish theme. I've gone for a player who was, was at one point a striker for Real Madrid in their Glasgow era. He has a La Liga winner's medal, a Champions League winner's medal, and is considered a cult hero in his hometown of Santander. 
So why is someone who played 447 times in the Liga over 17 seasons being considered for the Robbie Savage Hall of Fame? Well, <laughs> strap in and let me tell you. His name is Pedro Munitis. As a striker, he only scored 44 goals in 476 appearances across all competitions. This averages as one goal every 11 games. Now, despite this dreadful statistic, he was still beloved by racing Santander fans, uh, despite being quite awful. Why on earth would they still like him? Well, let me get into it. He was born and raised in Santander, and he went to Santander on three separate occasions. So he played for them three times. He was only five foot seven, so that would make him one of the shortest strikers the Liga has ever seen. And despite his lack of goals, he was renowned for being tenacious and very determined and having a lot of fighting spirits. He was described as a pit bull who would never give up. And the fans loved him, even though he didn't really score much. In five years at Santander, in his first spell, he only scored 14 times, which is awful. But that would get him a move to Real Madrid. Yeah, I don't know how. And that was in the year 2000. He spent three years at the Bernabeu and scored four goals in 53 appearances and uh, promptly got a move back to racing Santander once again for a second time. Uh, he then moved to Deportivo La Coruña in 2003. And guess what? He scored another five goals there in three years. Um, and then for a third time, would move back to Santander in 2006, where he would stay for another six years until he retired in 2012. So between 2006 and 2012, he made 191 appearances and scored 13 times, which is a goal every 15 games. Um, but even later in his Racing Santander career, fans insisted uh, that Pedro Munitis played every game. Fans were obsessed over him, even though he didn't score. And uh, even the managers, the managers would get the managers would get pissed off because they had to give in to public pressure. So they were often they just had to start him. In the 09-10 season, at the age of 34, he was still starting despite not scoring in 29 straight games. He then got injured. He then got injured and went a whole year without scoring. Then, in a match against Almeria, he scored a 35-yard screamer out of nowhere, and then he wouldn't score for another 35 matches. And uh, yeah, to give him his due diligence, though, he, he wasn't a prolific goal scorer, but he was always in like the top five for like the league assists. Um, so that's he was kind of very much a second striker, but still his strike record, you know, going a whole year without scoring, that's worse than Ben Teke. Amount of times yeah. he played and whatever else. Um, and you'll never guess what he's doing now. Manager of Racing Santander. No, he got sacked of that. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. It's worse than that. He's the striking coach for Racing Santander. Oh, they just love him. They just love him. You know, he's club hero. Oh, dear. In, in similar respects, Manchester United have just appointed Lee Grant as their goalkeeping coach. And <laughs> I, I, that doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me. You've got someone who played for Nottingham Forest and like Wolverhampton in the, in the championship. Why is he becoming the <laughs> Manchester United's goalkeeping coach? It doesn't make any fucking sense. What are you doing, Glazers? What are you doing? <laughs> I, I might, what do you, I'll come in and do your, I, I've done a little bit of accounting work. I'll come in and do your transfers for you. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, uh, you know, that was my nomination for um, Robert Savage Hall of Fame, Pedro Mutinous. Um, over to you. All right. So I've, 
gone for a player that's uh, had quite a storage career. He's 458 games, only scored 34 goals. But that's an attacking midfielder. It's not not terrible. Not let, let it slide. Let it slide. Um, got 70 caps for his country and played for 15 clubs. Ouch. <laughs> it's almost, uh, uh, should probably... almost uh, Roy Carroll territory. Yes, I should probably say that um, the country that you got capped for is Belarus. So getting 70 caps for Belarus probably oh, isn't too hard. I think I know who this might be because I only know one Belarusian player. I'm sure it's that one. It's uh, And I picked him because he had quite the disappointing spell in La Liga. It is none other than Alexander. <laughs> 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 But yeah, so I've picked him because he had that sort of impressive um, youth career, mainly in Germany with Stuttgart, um, obviously a little bit in Belarus. Mm. Uh, moves to Arsenal and obviously everyone's thinking he's going to be this, you know, good, you know, transfer. He's going to turn out to be a good player. A few years later, after failing to impress, he gets a, he gets a big money move, seventeen million pound move to Barcelona. Um, but after leaving Arsenal, he never plays more than thirty games for any team, ever. Really? Um, Did he retire quite late? I have a feeling he was playing for like Barty Borisov until re- re- oh, recently. Oh, yeah, he retired quite late. He ended, He went back to uh, Belarus. So. If you want to look at his sort of honours, it look it looks like he's it looks like he's won, you know, quite a lot. But to be fair, one, two, three, four, five, six of those are Belarusian Premier League titles. Um, so I'm sure that's not much in mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. on, on the grand scheme of things. But he is a Champions League winner technically. He is a Copa del Rey winner technically, a La Liga winner technically with Barca without really doing much appearing that many times it uh, was a Champions League runner-up for Arsenal um, and a Football League Cup runner-up uh, for Arsenal but he is part of that amazing Birmingham City side that win the Football League Cup as well <laughs> I'm sure we're touching <laughs> oh on, on the Football League Cup special um, yeah. he's also I'm sure this is a record he is the Belarusian footballer of the year for 2002, 2003, 2005, 2006, 2007 and 2008. Um, but yeah, apart from really just appearing at lots of clubs, he, he never really did that much. And it's just amazing to me that he managed to swindle that big move to Barca after failing at Arsenal. Um, so that's why I've gone for him for the Robbie Savage Hall of Fame this week. Definitely a good shout. Yeah, Barcelona did have a spell where they did buy like kind of rogue players at times, like Ed Milson um, at times. Who was the other one? Was it Denilson? Something like that. Um, yeah, they, they always seem to go for some strange Arsenal players as well. Uh, oh, a- Alex, they got Alex Song as well. That's crazy. That's mad, Alex Song. What a what a day. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that was the Robbie Savage Hall of Fame inducted Alex Slab and Pedro Mutinis into the Hall of Fame. But it's time now. For deal or no deal. There we go. Uh, this is the first quiz of, of uh, first quiz out of two, I guess, uh, in the podcast. So it's as it's a Lily League special, I've tried to keep my transfers for Harry in as uh, 
much kind of Spanish area as possible, though a lot of them have played in the Premier League too. Uh, so essentially our version of the deal and no deal is we pick five players, we suggest a transfer. Is it a deal? Is it a deal now? No deal. Was it true? Was it false? Um, so Harry, do you want to go first? Okay. So yeah, again, I've tried to stay within Spain as much as possible. Um, so I've, first of all, I've gone with so Nicholas Anelka left Real Madrid in the year 2000, but did he go to Juventus for 31 million? 31 million. Pound. I might have maybe my notes are wrong there. Let's, it doesn't matter about the about the. I don't think I've written down the price of anyone else, so don't worry about the price. Okay. Was it Juventus' next step? Um, oh, I don't know. Wasn't it PSG? The talisman, the journeyman himself? I don't think he would have went for 31 million. But no, he, he definitely yeah. paid for Juventus. Not in and he definitely, I thought he was at PSG at this point. I think it's with an Elke, he's never anywhere long enough to know. <laughs> to know where he is. Like, even, yeah. even he doesn't know. It's like, I thought he played for Bolton. No, he plays for Galatasaray now. What? Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> no, it's Chelsea. Uh, yeah, deal. It's, it's not, it's no deal. Ah, he, 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 went, he went back to PSG, yeah. Oh, I should have went my instincts. Right. Let me just cross that. Okay, so then, sticking in Spain, did Mark van Bommel leave PSV for Barcelona? Deal. It's correct, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. All right. He, so he, when he, the when, time... He went Sorry. to Barcelona quite late. He, like, it wasn't... Yeah. He was uh, relatively old. Yeah, and he, 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 he was not the sort of player you'd expect to really go to Barcelona. He was more of a... Not there quite... quite. Even though he was Dutch, he wasn't playing that sort of style of football, was he? He wasn't that style of Dutch mm. player. So Definitely. quite interesting signing for him. But he, he did the job there as well. Um so one of my favourite Galacticos era players in Roberto Carlos, when he left Real Madrid, was it for Fenerbahce? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was because he went to that Russian team afterwards. Um, deal. It's correct. Well done. So then another one of my favourite uh, La Liga players of the time was Luis Fabiano. Brazilian. Of Seville, yeah, of Seville fame. But did he turn up from Rennes in France. Ooh. So did he go to Seville from Rennes? Yeah, from Rennes. Uh, I'm pretty sure he did play for a French team. I think it was like Bordeaux. I'm, I'm going to go no deal. It is no deal. He did play for them, but he he was at Porto before ah, he okay. moved to Spain. Well done. And then the last one, and just because it's whether it's true or not, I, 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 you know, you're, you're going to like this one. David Vaughan, did he move from Port Vale to Real Sociedad? That's so ridiculous. It has to be true. It's not true. Oh, he moved from Crew Alexandra <laughs> to Real Sociedad. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> But yeah, he was like the only Welsh player Chris Coleman took to Real Sociedad. Um, and he'd been playing in League Two like his, his whole career up until that point. Jesus. I mean, no, they were no. in the second division of Spain. Uh, but still, it's, it's incredible. So that actually, for the first time, is a three out of five. I think yeah. every other time it's been four. 
I knew it myself. Yeah, I, I, I knew the. I should have just went with my instincts with <laughs> the fucking Anelka one. Just one of those players, though. He's been so many places. It's oh. hard to kind of get a timeline in, in your head. Okay, then. It's going for yours, then. All right. First up, I've got for you Giuliano Belletti. Okay. Did he move from Barcelona to Chelsea for 4.95 million? Oh. Trying to work out. Uh, yeah, come on in. Let's say deal. It is a deal. I've got relatively right. easy ones you gave me, fucking David Vaughan. I've got relatively easy ones for you. <laughs> it's just the one. Bring Bring Alexander, the come give me a day off. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lewis Fabiani. Uh, right. I'm not better. I signed him all the time on Field Manager. Uh, right. So we'll just <laughs> we'll, <do this. laughs> we'll, we'll play this game by how you played Football Manager in 2006, shall we? <laughs> Did <laughs> I sign Lewis Fabiani? <laughs> <laughs> Right, anyway, right. Uh, number two, Robert Perez. Did he go from Arsenal to Villarreal on a free? Oh. Part of me wants to think you're trying to trick me and you went to like Valencia, but. <laughs> oh. I'm going to say it's a deal. I reckon you went to Villarreal. He did on a three. I was hoping he'd say Valencia. Two out of two this far. Number three, Danny Alves. We discussed him earlier on. Did Danny Alves move from Seville to Barcelona for £30 million? Pounds? <laughs> Definitely. Deal or no deal? Uh, let's go for deal. It was a deal. All right, cool. Three out of three. So you're level with me. So I think we're definitely going to get arguably the next two, right? Uh, this could be a full house. No pressure. I'm not trying to apply pressure on you by saying pressure over and over again. Pressure, pressure, <laughs> pressure. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay. Um, the man with the goggles and Dutch legends, Edgar Davids, Barnet legend, Crystal Palace legend, Tottenham legend. Uh, did he move from Juventus to Real Madrid for 8.5 million? Deal or no deal? No deal. You went on loan originally. Wrong. No, he didn't. He never, he never played for Real Madrid. He went on loan to Barca. Oh, Barca. You got it right. Said no deal. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You almost flipped out like the Hulk. Um, yeah. So you, you've beat me. You've got four out of five. So this one's just for uh, just for glory. Samueto, did he move from Real Madrid? to Mallorca for 4.4 million. Deal or no deal? And you're looking at me with a very Ooh. confused face. Oh, that'd be very interesting if that's true. I've got no recollection of him starting out there or going there. Yeah, at all. It's, it's not quite David Bourne from a fucking crew Alexandra to really. Let's, let's say deal because why else would you say it? Did yeah, he start? Quite, yeah, deal. It's a deal. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So he was scouted by Real Madrid and um, he played. He kind of came up through the youth system. So he was at Real Madrid before, before he was ever at Barcelona. And obviously Real Madrid would grow to hate him in the later noughties for absolutely oh, banging sure. loads of goals in. But what a natural goal scorer he was with uh, Mallorca and with, and with Barcelona. Solari. That's a good ball for Roberto Carlos. Hooked into the penalty area towards the... Damn! Oh! But it's time now to move on to our final event of the podcast. 
regular listeners will know it. We already know it. Of course, it is starting 11. So what happens in starting 11? We choose a random but historical match from the noughties and we're giving a team to try and remember their starting 11 all within three minutes. So I've got a team for you, Mr. Harry Hansford. All right. Oh, I hate I've... this game so much. <laughs> you just won the transfer <laughs> game, so I think um, it's okay. I think it's okay. Um, I've gone for a very iconic game, so I think this one's relatively easy. It's the 2006 Champions League final in which Arsenal controversially lost 2-1 to Barcelona. Of course, uh, a certain player was sent off, a certain player scored. But I'm going to let you choose. Which squads would you like to go for? The Arsenal squads, which I think is relatively difficult, or the Barcelona squad, which is relatively easy considering we've just mentioned most of the players in the last hour. Yeah, it'd be ridiculous not to go for Barca, wouldn't it, at this point in time? Are you going for Barcelona? Yeah, all right, Barcelona. Okay, let's start the timer. Three, two, one, your three minutes start now. Okay, so we've got Messi. No. No. Uh, it says 2006, 2007. Uh, so, 05, 05, 06 season. 05, but, okay, so Messi's They're playing 4-3-3. Like okay, so Ronaldinho is still there. Yes, he plays. Uh, Eto'o? He is, he plays. Xavi? No. Was on no. the bench, Inia- did not play. Iniesta? On the bench. Um, <laughs> uh, oh man uh, we've mentioned Valdez in goal Victor Valdez um, is Piquet there or not no he's at Man United Puyol of course Marcus Puyol um, Puyol Valdez we did mention his uh, defensive partner earlier in the pod. Uh, we got is Albert playing for them? Uh, um, you mean uh, Abidal? No. Oh, hang on. No, no, I'm talking about someone. Uh, Minute and a half. It's ridiculous. Uh, one, two, three. Four, you chose five. this team. Yeah. Um, I thought Iniesta and Javi would be playing. I was like, that's oh, easier. Just got okay, name so you midfield. Have, you've got uh, three defenders to get and three midfielders and one person in up top who was also a midfielder. Oh, God knows. Um, oh, I'm trying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anything here to help me through my notes. Uh, we mentioned the. Oh, where's uh, the one where I said they signed three good players? Where's that one? <laughs> don't, don't, don't look at that, you cheating bastard. Uh, Deco? One minute, yeah, Deco was playing. Uh, was Henrik Larsson on the pitch, by any chance? He was on the bench, came on as a sub. <laughs> um, I think that's the only other one I'm going to get by the way. We mentioned a centre back not so long ago, played in multiple World Cups. I can't remember. This is, this is all that pressure you put on me, you see. <laughs> um, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> oh, who else played for him? <laughs> oh, mate. I'm, I'm just going to call it there, I think. I'm happy. With you, you, got first, you got 20, 25 seconds. Just name players. Anyone. Yeah, you, no, mentioned one of the, you mentioned one of the midfielders about a minute ago. In the transfer game. 
10, 9. Mark Van Bommel. Yes. That Five, four. <laughs> another one. Van <laughs> Bronckhurst. You got that in the last second. Literally, that was three <laughs> minutes up. I don't know if you can see that on the screen. Um, for those of you watching at home, it says two minutes, 50, uh, 59 seconds. Point this is all of a sudden, I was like, oh, there was two vans. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so you got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You, the defenders, you missed out on uh, Oli Gerr. Um, very yeah. niche play, probably wouldn't have got that. Uh, Rafael Marquez is the one you should have got, because we've yeah. been talking about him. Uh, the midfielder you're missing was Ed Milson, who we did mention uh, a couple of minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, mentioned as well. And uh, Ludovic Schuli was the uh, right winger playing up top with Ronaldinho and Samuel Eto'o. Uh, the Arsenal side, um, I want to see how you would have done here. So, who is in goal? Uh, Lensman. He got sent off, yeah, Jens Lehmann, of course. Um, Emmanuel Ibue, uh, Colo, Colo Toure, Sol Campbell. Sol Campbell, Campbell scored, of course. Ashley Cole, uh, Robert Perez, Gilberto Silva, Fabregas, the Robbie Savage Hall of Famer, Alexander Hleb. Um, <laughs> oh, that would have been incredible and uh, Freddie, Freddie Lundberg was playing as a striker behind Thierry Henry oh. I probably should have gone for that but I thought uh, to be fair 7 out of 11 I'm really happy with I just thought uh, I'd be able to pick it up really fast in Iniesta Xavi I, mean, I just thought <laughs> those names like, ever present <laughs> you said Rolandini access Edge. denied yeah <laughs> okay over to you who have you got for me all right, so I thought <laughs> I feel a bit bad to be honest. Oh, be fuck you! Um, but I've gone for because I thought, oh, Spain, this makes sense. The Spanish team that won the Euros in 2008. Oh, the national side, yeah. <sighs> it might, you know, ready, go. Iker Casillas, yes, um, Puyol. Yes. Sergio Ramos. Yes. Juan Fran. No. Uh, Fabio Aurelio. No. Oh, God. Xavi. Uh, Xavi, yes. In- Iniesta. Yes. Uh, Fabregas. Yes. Marcos Senna. Yes. Xavi Alonso. Alonso's not on. Uh, Fernando Torres. Yes. Um. Ah, uh, he's not written. the other guy. Of, David Villa. It's more. He's more of. He's not really a striker all the time. Actually, sorry. Not David Villa. Playing. No. David Villa wasn't playing. Uh, not really a striker. So he's more. Uh, what is he? Number ten. Yeah, I mean he played. They definitely played him up front, but then they also played him. Yeah, in the middle. Chubby wow. Alonso. Um, I'm going to tell you what, it's not David Villa, it's. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Fala <laughs> um, um Joaquin. Um, Basically, you're missing. You've got the midfield, you're missing. Area. One centre back. Centre back. Left back. And the other striker. Uh, PK. It's not PK. Uh, I was surprised at that. Spanish players, Spanish players, Spanish players, Spanish players. 
uh, one matter. Um, it's going to kick me. I said Fabregas. Vicente. Uh, no, he's Portuguese. Uh, Roberto Saldade. I don't know. I'm getting desperate. Who is the. Oh, I need some help. Um, no idea who the left and right backs are. You got Reino. Ramos. Ramos was playing right back. Ah, okay. So another centre back. Um, Hierro. It's no, way, way too late. Uh, Pepe is Portuguese. Who's the other? Uh, the, the guy up front generally would be a left midfielder, really. But they're playing him in a position where he's playing up front, essentially. Left. Uh, oh, Giza. Damn, your Giza. Giza. Uh, oh God. Oh, this is not going well. Got- um, come on! All right, you can literally got like twenty seconds. Oh, I've gone blank. I've just run out of Spanish players. I've done so well to start like the first thirty seconds. Um, Bloody hell! 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 Bloody the person that's somewhat playing up front, but it's actually left midfielder, is David Silva. Oh, of course. And then I've got to get these guys' names right. So I'm going to try and read it from here instead. So centre-back was Carlos Marchena. Marci- oh, oh Marchena, yeah, yeah. I Marchena. mentioned him earlier on as well. And then at left-back was Johan Kepid. Devilla or Cavadilla? Oh, yeah. Devilla, yeah, he was a good player. Yeah, so you got eight out of ten, uh, out of eleven. So you know, you beat me. I'll take it. I'll take it. You, you smashed through it so fast. It's just those the two at the back are not the ones you're thinking of ever, are they? I mean, yeah, it's true. Silver's out of position. Like I think he did play because like they're playing center as defensive midfield, then they're playing Fabregas attacking midfield with like Iniesta. And Xavi somewhat in the middle, but somewhat on the wings, I and mean, then Silva in that like floating role yeah. behind Torres. In, at the 2010 World Cup, they played the final without a striker, didn't they? they put like Fabregas yeah. in a false nine. Yeah, it's that very you know, it's that era of Spain where they they could get away without having a striker on the pitch and still would win. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that's the end of our La Liga special on the Team of Alliance podcast, the only and best podcast. When it's football dedicated to the noughties. It's time now to say goodbye. But of course, before you do that, let's all follow the Twitter, which is at TMR Lives. Let's all follow the Instagram, audible11.football. Wherever you are listening to this, follow, subscribe, like, and of course, get in touch if there's anything you would like to talk about. Have you met a noughties player? Um, are there any noughties players you would like to induct into the Robbie Savage Hall of Fame? Are there any noughties players you loved just watching play? Please let us know. But without further ado, hit the music to see us out with his FIFA commentary Donny Mallon theme tune. It's me and uh, Harry joining if you know the words, even though you don't. Better stop thinking of the championship because it's a life we'll never know. Keep smashing them in the Premier League because it's the only one who can. Stop apologising for the transfer fee. Because he's paid us back with goals on top. It's up to us to chain in a town called Mallon. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> town called Mallon. Struggle after struggle. <laughs> year after year. If you're up top, we'll beat the drop. It's up to us to change in a town called Mallon. 
Alan. <laughs> That's it. Well, we all see you next week. more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network Judy was boring Hello Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com It's my little escape Now Judy's the life of the party Oh baby Mama's bringing home the bacon Whoa Take it easy Judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.